Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Huckel, who is the show host and the author of the book, Community Garden Revolution. And today we have an action-packed show for a lot of information, and I'm very excited. Thank you for coming for 2015. We had a great uh, opportunity in 2014, met a lot of neat people, got a lot of great ideas and information out there, and I'm looking very much forward to 2015. Our first guest is from Slow Food Indy. Uh, that's going to be from Indianapolis, Indiana. And Despy Ross, are you there, Despy? Yes, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, it's a cold first of the year, isn't it, Despy? <laughs> Here oh in the my Midwest. gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. Even in Florida. We're finally Even getting the warm to winter. Oh, I'll say. I'll say. Well, Despy, the the movement Slow Food is across America, and fortunately we have uh, one here in, in Indiana called Slow Food Indy. Can you tell us how you got started, why you got started, and then basically what your goals are uh, to help us uh, support good, clean, fair food? Sure. Um, well, Slow Food Indy is the Indianapolis chapter of the organization. Um, there's actually Slow Food International. Slow Food began in Italy. Um, and then Slow Food USA um, came along, and um, chapters have sprung up all over the United States, and um, there are even multiple ones in Indiana and other in other communities. Um, Slow Great. Food as an organization... I came to because um, I wanted to focus on where my food comes from, you know, um, mm-hmm. for health reasons, for environmental reasons. Um, so I really came to this organization to find a like-minded community. And it's been really great um, building that community in my own life, but also helping other people on that same journey. Mm-hmm. And what is it that you do? You connect with farmers and and uh, mm-hmm. growers, uh, people that distribute distribute food, restaurants. Yeah. What is it that you do, or how you connect everybody together, so so that people are uh, more in tune to being in the same wavelength of trying to improve the the, uh, the food supply, the kind of food that we have. What is it that you are a part of, or, mm-hmm. or help make that chain happen? Sure. Um, well, there are two main things that Slow Food Indy does in that regard, and one is to offer programs and events to our community. So um, we have lots of um, educational workshops, hands-on classes, you know, learning how to preserve food, how to grow food, um, you know, the history, you know, the heirloom quality of food in Indiana. Um, and then we also um, have a program called Snail of Approval that is um, a program where restaurants apply and we give a designation to to those restaurants that are out there sourcing from local farms, you know, serving really good whole food um, in their restaurants so that when you look at that list and you go to one of those restaurants, you can feel really confident about, you know, where that food came from that the chef is preparing for you. So 
in that process of, you know, nomination application, um, you know, restaurants are really exposed to what our criteria are. And so we're always reaching out and um, inviting new restaurants to apply for that process and um, really encouraging people to connect with the farmers that are in our communities to source uh, meat and produce um, in their restaurants. Do you find that more restaurants are trying to go more grow local than they used to? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, more and more all the time. Um, You know, we launched the Snail of Approval program a couple years ago, and we had um, only about seven uh, restaurants on the list. And this year, um, you know, I think we have 14, and I'm sure next year we'll have even more than that. So um, it's really great to see um, so many chefs and and also so many farmers, um, you know, being proactive and and forging those relationships because everybody benefits Mm -hmm. the the diners benefit, um, the restaurants and the farms. It's great for economic development, too. You know, it's another aspect of it. Oh, I think so, too. I I would hope that more economic development groups come aboard uh, with uh, finding and helping out uh, with distribution, finding good food, and so on. Uh, the farm tours, do you do many of the farm tours? Yes. Um, when, in our, when we look at our program schedule over the course of the year, um, you know, we really divide it into educational programs, on-farm events, and then um, dining events. Um, so next year, or well, it's this year now. We have to stop saying next year. Um, <laughs> in 2015, um, we are planning our Father's Day event, which is every Father's Day we have this annual on-farm event. It's great for families, um, but anybody's welcome to come. And we have a chef come out, and we usually um, grill some type of amazing locally produced uh, meat and then everybody brings a side dish and this year that's going to be held at Tyner Pond Farm out in Greenfield mm-hmm. and so oh, we're really excited that? to do an event there mm-hmm. but we're also that's planning wonderful. a few that aren't confirmed yet yeah and then do kids finally realize that uh, the food doesn't just come from the back of the store and that's it. Do they actually get to learn right. that, hey, there's a cow, <laughs> but there's there's yes. beef uh, here, there's fish or something else? <laughs> yes, that's the I great mean, thing about the farm strange. tours. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's the strangest things that uh, kids, uh, I, I hear this repeatedly, uh, that uh, people say, well, at least we now uh, allow kids to see that it just doesn't come from the grocery store and grow from there. And I'm like, I never even thought that, but I've been around farms all my life. Mm-hmm. On taste testings that you have, what kind of uh, taste testings do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you combine that with maybe uh, a local uh, brewery or winery, or do mm-hmm. you do, uh, go to uh, farm tours or you just meet somewhere at a restaurant? What do you do on that? We've done a variety of different types of events. You know, sometimes um, we will feature a particular brewery and maybe pair um, a a restaurant or a chef with that. Um, It just depends. Um, In the coming year, we're looking for an opportunity to do maybe um, some type of fall event where we have beer and food pairings, um, but we haven't finalized that quite yet. But they're very popular uh, over the holidays. Yeah, over the holidays we did a great event at um, Hotel Tango, a new distillery that's in town. We had mm-hmm. cookies from duos and um, spiked eggnog for the holidays, and that was super popular. So we'll be looking at doing other events like that. You can always check out our calendar at slowfoodindy.com, and we have a calendar page there that we keep up to date with everything that is new. So if you're interested in those kind of things, you can find them there. 
And what do you find with educate? You know, education. Mm-hmm. This is a way for mm-hmm. uh, uh, you hate to say it again and again and again, but uh, to help obesity combat uh, diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, to help the children understand that they need to eat well. Uh, what do you do in your education part? Do you even touch schools, or is it something that you're helping the seniors? What do you do in that? We've done a variety of different types of programs. You know, um, we look for unique opportunities. There are a lot of great food organizations in the city, and so we look for opportunities to both partner with them and also offer things that are unique to us. Um, In 2015, we're going to be focusing on three primary things for education. Um, We're going to be talking about sustainable seafood. You know, we live in the Mm -hmm. Midwest, so seafood is definitely something we eat, but it's a lot trickier to get, um, you know, in a healthy way. So we're going to be um, offering a program for people to learn more about that um, and what they can do um, to get the best seafood that they can put on their tables. And then um, we're also going to be thinking about meat. And um, there's a national movement called Slow Meat. And so we're going to be thinking about um, meat production in Indiana, you know, how we get meat um, from the farm onto our plates and really educating people about that process and what the choices are because I think mm-hmm. that what we want to do is, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of afraid of organizations like Slow Food Indy because they don't, um, you know, they kind of don't know what they don't know and it, it feels intimidating <laughs> to step into this you know, group of people who are kind of, you know, being judgy about food and we don't want to be that at all. We we just want to give people access to information so that they can make the choices that are right for them and their families. And we feel like when people know more, you know, they're able to do that. So those well, are I think two sometimes things and then it, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, sometimes people um, the, think it's like a kumbaya kind of thing, but it isn't. It's something uh, that you're going to have to be sustainable with food uh, or you're not going to exist. It, it's just one of those two mm-hmm. you know, choices. So, yeah, what else do you uh, do with the slow meats besides production? Well, yeah, so um, for me, well, for slow meat, um, we're just kind of getting started and looking at what that program looks like and um over the coming months, we'll be publishing more both on our blog and on our website about how you can get involved with that. Um, we're also mm-hmm. looking at um, affordability. You know, I think a lot of people struggle with if I'm going to eat whole food, more, which means more produce, more um, healthy meats, um, you know, locally produced food, um, there's an increase in expense that comes along with that if you're used to eating mostly right. a convenience food kind of diet. Um, so we really want to help people with that. So there are a few things that we're doing um, throughout the year to help address that. Um, In February, we're going to be doing a promotion called um, Tax to Table, where we encourage Mm. people to spend a portion of their um, tax refund on local sustainable food. And we're we're working with some local farms right now to put that program together um, just to show you what's out there, what's available, how you can kind of dip your toe in and try it, um, you know, at a time where people might have a little more money to be flexible and, and try something new. And right. We're also working on bringing in a guest speaker who um, wrote an amazing cookbook called Good and Cheap, um, Eating Well on $4 a Day. Um, it's an author named Leanne Brown who 
published this beautiful cookbook. It's a free PDF you can download on the Internet, um, and it is intended to show how on a, a SNAP budget you can eat really healthy whole food. And so we're looking at um, partnering with her to do some type of event later next year, <laughs> this year, 2015. That um, Yeah, I know. We're, every, we're all adjusting. <laughs> I know, it's so oh, early that's wonderful. So, and it's called Good yeah. and Cheap. It's, it's by yeah. uh, Leanne Brown. It's $4 a day. And where do they go to find uh, that as a PDF file? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I th- You can just Google Good and Cheap, and you will find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can put a wonderful. link on slowfoodindy.com, too. There you are. And then tell uh, uh, the uh, uh, blog uh, where people can find your blog. And then, of course, if you want to tell again where they can find your website, that would be great. Sure, yeah. Um, we're slowfoodindy.com. The blog is just at slowfoodindy.com slash blog. And um, you can contact us via the website. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter if you want to engage with us in those spaces. We are happy to answer questions if you're just looking for a farm or um, trying to figure out um, how to make a change in your in your food lifestyle, we are so happy to point you in the right direction for resources. Uh, we have plenty of connections um, if that's what you're interested in. Oh, that's wonderful because I've seen this across the nation, and when I ran across that, uh, there was, you know, your group in Indianapolis. I was so excited that Indiana even had one. <laughs> And you state that there's other cities that evidently have them, but I was so glad Indiana was stepping up to the plate uh, because the perimeter states, they pretty well carry the day for us here in the nation. And economic development, if you could just touch lightly on that, I believe the same thing on economic development, that more uh, groups, and I try it in our area uh, to push that, hey, you should look at this on that angle because it does create jobs, does create um, you know more distribution, you could do food hubs. Uh, there's all kinds of things that a, a group could do. How is it that you are going to be pushing more economic development in your all's area? Uh, that hey, this is something you all need to look at. Well, we um, really believe that if you buy locally, if you buy your food from um, local farmers, that money is staying within our communities, right? So exponentially more right. money. Um, whenever we go to big box stores and spend money, um, you know, a portion, a small portion of that money goes to the local community because it's paying the staff or, you know, what. in small ways it is. But when you go to a farmer's market and you buy food from that farmer, that is a completely local loop. Um, so we really want to encourage people to do that. Not only does it help keep that money here, but it helps you know, grow jobs for those small businesses because, the you know, the better they're doing, the more people they can afford to employ. So we want to help build that network of local producers. And the big uh, box stores are now buying more, just like the grocery stores, uh, more local uh, farmers. We even have a Mm -hmm. grocery store in our area uh, that is just designated for as many local farmers as they can purchase items from uh, to put in their stores. So I'm glad to see that starting to happen in more grocery stores. So they're embracing the idea even more, it seems, uh, not only in our area, but across the nation for the big box stores. So I appreciate it. This has been Despy Ross, who is the Slow Food Indie Board Chair uh, there in Indianapolis, Indiana. 
And I'm so glad that she came aboard today and took the time. We've been trying to get together <laughs> before, <laughs> and I had other appointments that popped up, unfortunately or fortunately. And uh, I'm so glad to to have connected with you all, and I appreciate your help of what you're doing up there in Indianapolis. And uh, keep with it because it's so desperately needed. And uh, keep educating more restaurants, and hopefully more will come aboard for you. And I appreciate that you took the time out, Despy. And uh, good luck to you all for here in 2015. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us. Well, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. You have a great day. We appreciate you coming aboard. Thank and you. And that, again, you. was Despy. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Despy Ross uh, with the Slow Food Indie, and she's the board chair. And I was so delighted to have them aboard, so at least then that educates everyone uh, what that movement is across the nation. And hopefully you'll be able to connect with them if you want to find out how you can start your chapter in your town. So I'm very excited that she came aboard. Um, This year is going to be a wonderful year because we get to talk about so many different subjects. And I'm so pleased with all the different people that want to uh, be a part of this. Uh, So it's going to be uh, putting together... Uh, what groups we can, when we can have them. Uh, but I do want to also center around the the fact that we are talking about uh, community gardens. And I want to do touch on some community gardens, whether we interview them that week or I go ahead and mention some to you. So at least then you know who's out there and what's going on. One uh, is called Long Beach Organic, and they're in Long Beach, uh, California. And uh, they're going to be having their fourth annual garden tour and wine tasting coming up. And uh, that's going to be the fourth one. It's going to be on June 1st. And they tour about uh, four of their gardens by chartered bus. And they show the fresh garden food. Uh, They also have uh, California wine and live music at at the locations. And I think that's a great way. I think that's a great way to show uh, what the gardens are doing. Uh, it gives a chance for people to kind of uh, let their hair down and see uh, what's going on with the gardens in a different way because uh, everyone um, uh, correlates or corresponds to uh, projects in different levels. And if this is one level that reaches some folks, then, hey, let's go for it. So think outside the box when you do your community garden. Some people add uh, artwork. Uh, some people have the breweries. Uh, that they tie an event with. Some people do farm tours, as like what you heard Despy talk about with the uh, Slow Food Indie. Um, think outside the box, because people in today's world, they want the information, they want to hear about it, they want to learn about it, but they also uh, feel a lot better if they can let their hair down and uh, learn in a different kind of manner or way. So that's uh, Long Beach Organic. Good luck to them, and hopefully they'll have a lot of people at their uh at their fourth annual garden tour and wine tasting. Then a favorite uh, that I always like to go to is back to Detroit because, bless their hearts, you know, they've had such an economic hardship uh, there in Michigan. And uh, one group that they have uh, that I'm going to mention to you is the uh, Keep Growing Detroit. Uh, It's cultivating a, a foreign sovereign Detroit, Michigan, where the majority of fruits and vegetables consumed by Detroiters, is how they're calling themselves, are grown within the city limits. Now, that's hard for some people to grasp, but uh, that's how they're rebuilding their area. Uh, One area uh, is uh, to build as many different urban farms as they can or different sites where they can produce food and be able to distribute it and sell it uh, as a product. 
and they also have uh, ways of um, doing doing tours. Uh, they uh, manage a space where they keep growing Detroit, uh, can model appropriately scaled production-focused urban agriculture while training urban growers, engaging volunteers, and supporting Grown in Detroit. Okay, uh, That's Grown in Detroit growers as an essential part of their work, and as a result, they operate the Plum Street Market Garden and its 1.75-acre site, owned by the MGN Grand Casino, how about that, located in downtown Detroit, just blocks away from a major public transportation hub. So instead of having um, blighted uh, land, they decided to do something like this. And at Plum Street, the staff and volunteers produce plants for gardens across the city, as well as grow fresh fruits, vegetables, and flowers to boost sales and improve access at local farmers' markets and restaurants. And you can contact them for how groups of uh, uh, 10 can volunteer or do tours, that kind of thing. And they also have working lessons there at the Plum Street Market Garden. Uh, that's educational sessions focusing on building farm skills for growers interested in an in intensive production in small spaces. So there's a lot you can do. Don't think that uh, you're stuck uh, with just doing something uh, outside the city limits on uh, community gardens. There's a lot of different variations that you can do uh, with community gardens. So you just have to keep uh, open uh, for those ideas. All righty. I believe we've got our next guest that's on board. And this is, I hope, is this Sue? Yes, it is, Mary. Hi, how are you? All righty, Sue. This is Sue. Hi, this is Sue Look uh, from uh, Brands, uh, Scott Brands Group, and uh, she's the director of the Corporate and Community Partnerships of the Scott's Miracle Grow Company, uh, located there in Marysville, Ohio. And I'm so delighted to have you all aboard to tell us about your wonderful uh, upcoming program called Grow 1000. If you can give us an idea of what that grant program's about and why you started it and and who can apply and some date deadlines that'd be great Sue. i appreciate it oh thank you very much mary and i appreciate you having us on the uh, program today so just as a bit of backgrounder um Grow 1000 is uh, Scott's Miracle Grow's grant-making program to create and support a 1,000 community gardens and green spaces in U.S., Canada, and Europe by 2018. 2018, Mm -hmm. that is the 150th anniversary of our company. So, again, being a leader... Being a leader in the lawn garden industry, we made this commitment to provide development support resources to uh, establish more community gardens and green spaces you know, um, throughout uh, the country and, as I said, in Canada and Europe as well, too. Mm-hmm. And what are so some date grant- deadlines and who can apply? Sure. Well, um, the Grow 1000 Grassroots Grant Program um, timing is just perfect because we just made the announcement. This is the fifth year of the Grassroots Grant Program, and the window for applications is um, now open, and we are going to be accepting applications all the way through February 13th. And nonprofit groups can go and apply, and the website is www.grow1000, and that's G-R-O, the number 1000.com. And, the, and can you repeat um, that again for there, folks as they're getting their pencils? Sure. <laughs> it, it's www.grow1000.com, and that's G-R-O and then the number 1000. It's a brand-new website that we've launched, and, again, um, civic groups, nonprofits, the 
can go online, and we hope it's it's very very self-explanatory. There's more information too, just about um, past recipients and winners that individuals and groups can learn more about the program. And as I said, the window of application is open right now, and it goes through February 13th. And, and then, then on that, what are the amounts the of the grants and uh, what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, just also um, in terms of dates, we're going to be announcing the winners on the first day of spring, which is going to be March 20th, mm. uh, 2015. But the grants themselves, they range from 500 to $1,500. And they're award- mm-hmm. awarded based on community impact, youth involvement, um, the sustainability program, uh, that's in place for the Gardener Green Space. So those are some of the contributing factors that we'll look at when we're evaluating the grants. And do they have to be a garden that's uh, the first year or maybe the seventh year that they're in place? Does it really matter? No, uh, Mary, that's a great question. I mean, these can be established gardens. These can be new gardens or green spaces. Um, They can be edible gardens. They can be flower gardens. They can be green spaces. It really is, uh, you know, a a mix of grants that we've awarded. Um, But we are, you know, looking at grants, again, that are helping neighborhoods and communities because the whole premise of Grow 1000 is that, you know, we truly believe, and I know your audience feels the same way, too, is that gardens and green spaces, They bring so many benefits to um, area residents and communities and neighborhoods, and that really is at the heart of of what the Grow 1000 program is, you know, how you can Mm -hmm. bring more of these much, much needed green spaces to communities that, you know, a lot of times that there there is a lack of green Mm -hmm. spaces where children and residents can just go and enjoy and take in nature. So that really is the focal point of this program. And are you looking for uh, projects that are just inner city, or can it be uh, across the city, or maybe neighborhood associations? Uh, what kind of uh, projects are you kind of looking for? They really can be uh, a mix of both, Mary. Um, we've had a lot of projects that are in urban areas because, again, you see a, a great need for green spaces and gardens there. I mean, you know, we've we've read and heard so much about areas that are food deserts. So those are a lot of projects that we typically fund. Um, we also uh, support a lot of different school groups as well, too, because we believe that how you develop that next generation of gardeners is, is getting to children and teaching them about, you know, where where do fresh fruits and vegetables come from, how to grow things, and just the, the importance of getting outside, um, you know, putting down mm-hmm. all your, um, you know, electronic um, gadgets and gizmos and just going out and enjoying nature and playing outdoors and, and <laughs> what better way to do it than through a garden. So you'll see, again, if That's you go right. to uh, grow1000.com, uh, we have information about our past recipients and winners, and you can see that all of our support really covers covers a, a large gamut. But they're um, supporting youth activities. That's always something important, too. We see a lot of projects where you're getting um, after-school groups, um, youth organizations involved. Um, that's a, a big key to, uh, I think, again, that supporting that and developing that next generation of, of gardeners. That's right. Isn't that the truth? I'd like to see more in schools. And I know there's groups out there that are trying to push that, but, boy, I'd like to see more of those. I know the state of Kentucky, their superintendent uh, for schools, he's for it. So um, somehow I've, I've got to figure out how to reach <laughs> reach all those schools, Sue. So, 
Um, yeah, absolutely. So, but, you know, Mary, and I, also I will say another part of our Grow 1000 program is, and again, I think the, the timing of, of, of us being on the show is perfect, that on January 1st, um, we announced a, another grant program. Um, it's actually more of a promotion and contest that uh, the, the nation can vote on, and it was in conjunction with the Terminal of Roses, and it's the Grow 1000 People's Choice Community Garden oh, Grant. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to give you another. I'm going to give you another website. Um, if you That's if great. listeners go to www.miraclegrow.com/backslash/roseparade, mm-hmm. you can go there and vote. Mm-hmm. And there are four cities that are vying for a forty thousand dollar grant. Again, from Miracle. Wow! Grow. Now, and is that something you're doing every year, or was it just this year? Well, this was the first year that we started it. Uh, but again, we announced this in conjunction with Miracle Grow's sponsorship of the Tournament of Roses, and also too, mm-hmm. if you go to uh, Grow1000.com, you can all it will get you to the the information about this People's Choice Community Garden Grant. Uh, but we have uh, four cities, and they are Detroit, Michigan, New York City. Oakland, California, and Orlando, Florida, that are vying for oh, how wonderful. this commun- community garden grant. Yes. So, uh, oh, how wonderful, gals! <laughs> we encourage we reach your all those people. Yes, uh, how wonderful! <laughs> uh, we sure do. Well, what yeah, an honor! That is also, wonderful. And date-wise, um, that voting is going to remain open through February ninth. February 9th. All right, and tell them again the uh, the website to be able to go to that again to vote. That is www.miraclegrow.com backslash Rose Parade. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you coming aboard today, Sue. And this has been Sue Look from the Director of the Corporate the uh, Corporate and Community Partnerships of the Scott's Miracle Grow Company, my honor, and they're from Marysville, Ohio. And I know we have the best flowers and the best lettuce because of Miracle Grow. <laughs> oh, thank you very so, much, Mary. We we love to hear that. All right, gal. Well, my pleasure and honor, and thank you for coming aboard today. And uh, listeners, we appreciate uh, you uh, today for listening uh, with Scott's Brand. We also had earlier Slow Food Indie, and it's been my pleasure and honor to start the first of the year with these uh, wonderful people for our show. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugel, who is the show host and the author of the book Community Garden Revolution. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.